Ahoy there, and welcome to Sweet Child of 1899. I'm your host, Steve Barnes. You might know me from Sweet Child of Time and from Introvoid. We're doing this podcast now for the new Netflix series, 1899, starting November 17th. I'm here with my co-host. You know him from Voidmaster. He is Mr. Nate. How's it going, Nate? It's good, buddy. How you doing? Not too bad. I forced you to watch some TV this week, didn't I? You, uh, you certainly did. <laughs> so, Nate, where might people know you from? I said you were from Voidmaster. So you're, you got a whole new brand new group of people here who have no idea who you are. Where are you from? I am from up near Philadelphia, uh, born and raised. Haven't moved out of the same town for Christ 26 years. Um, <laughs> yeah, just just kicking it. I, I know everybody knows who you are, Steve, but uh, why don't you just lay it down for the, new, the newbies? <laughs> well, I mean... I've been a fan of Nate since I first became aware of him because it's funny he already knows this, but I'm going to tell you, dear listener, that I first became aware of Nate simply because our names are kind of familiar. Intra Void, Void Master. And I just made a stupid joke um, to him like, haha, we're both voids, huh? And then I started listening to his music and it was better than anything else I was listening to currently. So it's kind of neat to make a friend that plays great music so i don't know <laughs> and you were a good choice for this podcast because i've heard you on other podcasts you know talking about stories of like you know playing music and you've been a guest on on my podcast you're good on mic so that's why i asked you to do this man i greatly appreciate it and i'm excited to watch more fantastic television and talk about it with you bud yeah I mean, at this one, they gave us a little bit of Jimi Hendrix. I like that. It's very anachronistic. I don't know why they're playing Hendrix for us in 1899. They should be playing something more along the lines of, um, you know, you're a grand old flag. You're the high-fying flag. Because there was a lot of good tunes coming out of 1899. We'll talk about that in a bit. But I don't know. I, I always think it's kind of neat when they throw in, um, you know, modern quote unquote modern music and like with older shows they did this with uh what's that sh the movie with the knights and they were playing queen music while they were jousting um it was heath ledger and he, i don't know it was the first time i've seen that where there was like uh, knights jousting in king arthur time and they were doing it to queen i think that's that's like the a movie from the 2000s, right? Mm -hmm. Isn't it called A Knight's Tale? That's exactly what it was called. And I, I, I love that. I love how they, uh, they mix up you know, modern music with older stuff. Here, though, they're mixing up a lot of old stuff. Because um, first off, this ship is called the Prometheus. Um, I don't know if you caught the name of the ships or not, or if you're familiar with any of these names. I was going to say, isn't the one that they were searching for is the Prometheus? An appropriate name, if you know who Prometheus is from Greek uh, mythology, it's the demigod who stole fire from Mount, Olympics, uh, Mount Olympus. He stole the fire in order to save the humans because the humans didn't have fire, you know, to survive. So it's kind of like a noble thing he did to help the humans out in that way. But the rest of the gods were pretty pissed off at him for doing that. And he was, you know, banished for doing that. Um, 
and we have the Prometheus is the name of the ship that is lost at sea. Um, the other ship that we're that we're on that all our friends like uh, like Eric Larson and all the guys are on is called the Kerberos. <laughs> pronunciation is not our strong suit. Um, this is a steamship, a passenger ship, and it refers to also Greek mythology, the three-headed hound that prevents the dead from escaping Hades. Um, I think that sounds pretty significant. Um, Cerberus. Yeah, except they spell it with a K for some reason. I guess that's the... Um, it's the German. This is a German show, by the way. I'm not sure if um, if you're aware of that. Mm-hmm. It's a German show. Like we're going to hear nine uh, different languages spoken in this show because there's like nine different groups of um, you know nine different languages. Lots of different people from Europe coming over here. Um, the number on this ship, uh, the captain, captain. I think his name is. It's spelled E Y K but I think it's supposed to be Eric Ike. We'll hear when they start saying his name in the show. I'm not sure at this point, but um, he says there's 1,423 passengers that were aboard the Prometheus. It's a pretty specific number. And then we know on the Cerberus, I guess that's how you're going to say it. I don't know. There's roughly 1,400 passengers on this ship as well. And when they say there's this many passengers, they don't, mentioned that there's also 550 crew members on the show is on the uh, ship as well. So there's roughly 2000 people. Um, I'm looking at you, by the way, I have my notes right here in front of me, (laughs) but you can't see me at all. looks like I'm hiding from you. I'm not hiding from you, Nate. That's all right. (laughs) I love this scene that we see. We see this a couple times of like the, Cerberus is like towing the Prometheus behind it. And it's just a hugely creepy image that like a ship with like 2000 people hauling a deserted ship that they have no idea what happened on it. It's just, I don't know. It it got my goat. (laughs) Did did anything in particular get your goat in this, uh, this trailer, Nate, so far? One of the things that intrigues me is so there's there's a diverse group of people that are coming over, uh, and we've already established the names of the two ships, and I'm curious if those ships and their significance in Greek mythology will intertwine with other mythologies from the groups that are also coming over. I mean, you you established about uh, Prometheus. Uh, being punished for giving fire to humankind and his punishment is that he gets he gets his entrails ripped out by a vulture every day and he's chained to a giant rock so it's very repetitive and uh horrible Mm. and i i wonder if something like that will be referenced because it is a horror supernatural television show right um i know that there is uh some some people coming over from Asia and mm-hmm. uh, I wonder if we'll see something like uh, something from their from their mythos see if something like that pops up and just 
different odds and ends. Those are those are the things that sparked my interest because I'm I'm a big fan of mythology. So yeah, I didn't know that about Prometheus. So thank you. Um, so it's like a Groundhog Day situation where like <laughs> every day the same thing happens. So yeah, let's let's look out for that. Um, one thing I noticed is that the, those rich people, the, the rich fellows who spoke up, didn't want to take this detour. They didn't like the idea of um, him trying to do a seven-hour detour just to go check out what probably is nothing. Something that stood out to me was we saw a quick shot of a pregnant woman with a shotgun. That's like the most dangerous th- person you ever want to, uh, you know, come across. I mean, she's angry enough for two. <laughs> I got some information from some promotional material that the show put out, 1899. You know, this is in Germany. So in the country, Germany, they released a uh, promotion for the show. They released like a newspaper and it was just like, you know, ads in there, joke, not joke ads, but, you know, ads that are like slightly related to the show. And lots of articles that are slightly related to the show. And I gleaned some information from that. And I'm going to go through that right now. One of the first things I read about was um, in 1899, female doctors and females practicing medicine and how that was so stringently looked upon. And at the time of 1899, in real life, there was roughly 20 um, women doctors in Europe. And... I believe we're going to have one of these women doctors on the ship. It's kind of, I mean, I was thinking that must be the case since they're, you know, they had this big article about it. But the one thing that really struck out to me was they said that, um, what did they say? Because women doctors aren't accepted, many would cut their hair in order to blend in with their male doctor counterparts. So I'm guessing that we might see uh, maybe an effeminate looking man that might turn out to be a lady later on. Who knows? Um, I'm going to keep an eye out for that. Um, I learned that there is no passenger list available for the people that were lost on the Prometheus. Um, I don't know why, but. There was definitely a blurb in that newspaper that said, you know, no names have been released. The passenger list hasn't been reviewed. This is a big one here. (laughs) There were some articles on psychology and our buddy Sigmund Freud, who was a very popular dude in 1899. 1899 was about when he released his, uh, published his theories on dreaming and psychoanalysis. And of course, psychoanalysis is like the relationship between the dreaming world and reality. So one thing he mentioned is a common thing that will come up in dreams. And this was mentioned in this newspaper article, which is why I mention it now, because it has to have significance. Is that we have these dreams that are mostly hidden desires, especially those that are rooted in our childhood. Uh, He describes lucid dreams, which, of course, where lines are blurred between dreams and reality. They deposit that, I love this, if when you're in the dream state, you encounter a negative trigger in your life, lucid dreamers have the ability to resolve that situation. 
Wouldn't you love that <laughs> if you were lucid dreaming and you had some shit going down in your life and you were able to resolve it while you were sleeping and you wake up and it's all good? That's a borderline superpower. That would be fantastic. <laughs> he tells us, he being Freud, tells us that we commonly are uh, having nightmares about the same five things continuously. I thought you were holding up something for me. You're not. Okay. Um, first off, he says, he being Freud again, says that nightmares will occur in the second half of the night. So I'm guessing that the second half of our episodes that we're watching are going to be when we're going to see the nightmare stuff happen, which makes sense with Netflix shows. You know, mm-hmm. like the second half of the episode is always wilder than the first half. Um, and I'll take a pause here to uh, remind you myself and everyone else that the creators of the show also created the Netflix series dark. We're talking about John T freeze and Baran Boadar. <laughs> Good luck. Did you watch dark by any chance, Nate? I did not. Oh man, you got some homework to do, buddy. You got three seasons of a television show to watch. I think you're, uh. you're Okay. I got some flack from some folks on Reddit. I finally got some negative feedback and I'm very excited about negative feedback. Um, Somebody dogged on me saying, you know, this whole sweet child thing is stupid. Um, It doesn't make any sense. Uh, Why do you, those are just dumb names for your podcast. And why would you call your new podcast, you know, sweet child of 1899? That's stupid too. Here, my dear listener, is a perfect reason. Our friend Nate here is a sweet child. He's brand new to this world. (laughs) Of course, we are too, y'all. None of us know anything that's happening in 1899, but most of us have watched Dark and have consumed that show. Um, If you like 1899, you're probably going to want to go back and watch Dark. Um, Again, it's a German show, subtitled, heavily deals with... uh, time travel and multiple dimensions and I, I I had to stop watching at one point because my head was hurting because I was trying to figure out which characters were involved with other characters and at which point things were happening and it made my head hurt a lot like like physically hurt and <laughs> I had to stop watching the show and then go back to it again later um Let me go back to what I was saying about nightmares. We got five types of nightmares. Um, The main types, falling, uh, which is symbolic of losing control in your life. There's death, which is symbolic of new beginnings or perhaps leaving something behind. Um, There's being chased, which would be representative of you feeling threatened or some way in your life. Uh, There's paralysis. That's a Steve Barnes common theme. And what that means is a lack of personal progress um, that you feel for yourself, which is why I feel paralyzed in my dreams and I can't move. Um, And then there's the being late, like running late, like being in a big hurry. And that's supposed to be representative of not having made the most of your time and not having made the most of your life. Um, So I have a strong feeling we're going to be seeing these five (laughs) themes carried on in our show. So I revealed what my nightmare is, Nate. Which of these five nightmares is your most common theme? I think if I really had to choose, it's probably being late. 
And I think that probably spills over into my consciousness too. I think <laughs> every day I go, well, I probably could have done this, this, and this today, but I didn't. And then it just shows up when I go to sleep. So, and what's funny is I absolutely hate being late. I'm almost always on time. So, who's gonna be running late in the stream? I think the uh, it's it's the Prometheus that's running late, right? They're like four months late. They're lost at sea. Yeah. <laughs> All right, digging deep into this newspaper article, they talk a lot about triangles. And of course, you know, we're metal guys. We know that triangles are very representative and they talk a lot about triangles. So let's get into some triangle talk. Pythagorean theorem. Um, Triangles represent unity. They represent equality because you got three equal sides. Um, You got the Pythagoras theorem. Am I saying that right? I can't pronounce words. Why do I podcast? Pythagorean theorem. Um, this is representative because you look at that theorem, looks very simple and straightforward at first, but the more you get into it, the more it illuminates the uncertain. When you're working the theorem, you're calculating a previously unknown missing value, which when discovered completes a mystical figure, which that right there makes me think about the father, the son, the Holy Ghost, those three things are supposed to make up God. Um, we have lots of other examples of the exact same thing. Mind, body, soul, past, present, future. Um, these are all like triangle representations. And these were pointed out to me in this newspaper. So this is where I'm getting my information from. This is information that was handed to me to assimilate to hand to y'all. <laughs> um, we got heaven, hell, and earth. Mother, Father, child, we got birth, growth, then death, and then Buddha comes along and tells us we got the body of knowledge, we got the body of heaven, we got the body of earth. Did I miss anything in the triangles? Can you think of any triangle symbolism for me? So, typically it's represented as a bullseye, but you mentioned Freud, uh, and Freud's one of Freud's big thing is the id, the ego, and the superego, yep. which have a huge connection to your dreams and things like that. So, uh, who knows? Bravo. That wasn't even, that was, I read about Freud. I read about triangles. They did not make that connection. You did. That's why I got you here, Nate. <laughs> Look at that. In this show, we're going to be speaking nine languages. Three times three is nine. I'm sure there's a reason for that. And we got some characters. I already know about some of these characters because I read their bios. So I'm going to share those bios with you right now. We got a lady named Maura. She's from England and she is studying medicine. She's a full-on woman, so she didn't have to cut her hair. But I'm still going to look out for those dudes with short hair. (laughs) And that look nice. (laughs) We got our captain. His name is E-Y-K. Eek. I'm going to call him Eric because his last name is Larson. And here in Richmond, Virginia, we have a legendary drummer from Avail, and his name is Eric Larson, and he kind of looks like this captain. So I think he's playing a double life here, but this captain has seen some shit. He's a seasoned old veteran, and he's also um, drunk all the time. Um, He's a functioning alcoholic, we should say. He's drunk, but he's not falling down. He's always drinking. Um, 
those two dudes that stood up at the beginning and were like, hey, uh, this is supposed to be a trip straight to America. What are you doing? Those dudes are from Spain. They're two brothers. They're called Angel and Ramiro. One of them is like a world-class traveling dude, likes to go around and party. The other one is a priest. So we'll see what they're up to. We get introduced to one of the crew guys, only one crew guy so far. It's a fellow named Olek. He's a Polish stoker, so he works down in the belly of the uh, of the ship. He stokes coal all day. Um, he's hot, of course, because he's ripped. Um, and he's nineteen. Like these guys are young, and that's what they're doing with their lives is shoveling coal. Um, you mentioned uh, the two women from Asia. That would be Ling and Yuck. So Ling is a geisha, which is immediately anachronistic. Um, It doesn't make sense for a geisha to be on this ship. Um, But supposedly, they're going to explain the significance uh, at some point in the show. Um, Because somebody who reviewed the show pointed that out. Um, that they couldn't understand why there was a geisha in this time period. But then once it was explained, they were fine with it. So I guess I'll be fine with it too. (laughs) But Ling, the geisha is traveling with Yuck, who is like an older, um, just an older Asian woman. I believe they're both, their language they speak is Cantonese. So I don't know what language that means they're from. Do you, I mean, what country they're from? Do you have any idea what Cantonese not a clue. Um, yeah, we're not Asian experts, but we will be by the time this show comes around. Um, <laughs> we have a whole family here. We got a religious uh, Danish family. I didn't bother like writing their names down because we'll see them, obviously. When you see the creepy guy praying, that's the father of the family. We know that they're like super devout, and we also know that the daughter of this family who's very young she's young they're like a couple teenagers she's pregnant that's the pregnant woman with the teenager i guess that we see um so yeah mom and dad super religious super strict got a pregnant daughter no husband in sight no boyfriend even and then her brother so she and her brother are buddies apparently i don't know i haven't seen them interact but that's what the reviewer said um, and then we got Jerome. He's the French boxer. Uh, he's the black fellow on the ship. You see him a couple times. He is not on the list. He is not on the passenger list. So it's kind of a mystery why he's here. Um, again, with the anachronism, I'm sure like most modern shows, it, it's going to be somewhat woke. <laughs> I'm sure like there'll be some character that's like, oh, there's a black guy here. And then like our, you know, a more reasonable character will be like, oh, well, he is blah, 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 blah. And he's just like us. I'm pretty positive we're going to have a situation like that. But he's a French boxer is all that we know. And he's not on the list. We got three more characters here. We got Virginia and she is a British elite socialite. And apparently she's a gossip too. So we're going to get some probably some good snippets of information from her. And then last, we have a Parisian couple named Clements and Lucian. And they appear to be in love, and their love fades very quickly. That's what I know about them. 
Did you notice any of those people? Did you have any uh, characters that you thought might be cool or might suck? There was a lot going on. (laughs) (laughs) And I was just trying to soak it all in. And I I honestly, um, I think you and I differ a little bit when we go to watch television and things Mm -hmm. like that. Because now... I will say, like, when it comes to movies, I'll spoil a movie for myself and get as much knowledge as I can before I watch it, mm-hmm. partially just to make sure that I want to watch it. But when it comes to TV, I really like the surprise of every episode and discovering not only the plot, but how the characters interact with the plot and interact with one another. Um, and I'm sure everybody that's listening to this has probably watched the trailer at least once. And I think we all agree. There's a lot of what the hell did I just watch (laughs) and a lot of head scratching. So, uh, personally, no character particularly stuck out, but in the grand scheme of the trailer itself, I'm very interested to see how each one progresses in wherever this, cacophony is gonna go i'm interested to see some um some unlikely team-ups that's what i'd like to see um because these are a bunch of different cultures that you know normally aren't squeezed in together in a tiny boat well tiny boat you know tiny setting i should say Mm -hmm. um so i want to see some team-ups that's what i want to see um i immediately uh like the captain um I just like his look, I guess. He looks cool. He looks um, mournful and thoughtful. And I always like that in a character. Um, I mean, you know, what a suck up. You know, I like the captain. (laughs) I like the the main guy. Um, But, you know, I'm sorry. I I did. I, I thought he was cool. I like that little white stripe on his beard on the side there because... I had the exact same, when my beard first started going white, it was in the exact same little spot that he's got. And then it started spreading everywhere else. Watch out, Eric. It's coming for you. Um, (laughs) I was really taken by the one image, and it just so happened to be an image that was um, instrumental in making this whole series. You see, like, the one guy, like, and he's like bracing himself on the uh, the railing of the back of the ship, and he looks like he's you know, might be have some blood on him or something like that. And it's just the one guy on the um, deserted ship. And from what I understand, the two creators of this show—I I don't know if they're—I should research like how they know each other. It seems like they're a married couple, like the way they talk. But at any rate. Years ago, they saw a picture from eighteen from the year eighteen ninety nine, and it was a picture of a skinny, strung out looking dude in his underwear, holding a hammer, covered in blood. This is like a real picture that they saw, just randomly, and that picture is what spurned this whole series, um, is what they say. And I think that one shot they gave us is kind of reminiscent of that. You got a kitty cat over there bugging you? Yeah, I, I feel I feel bad that I keep turning around and stuff like <laughs> that. But she keep she's she's not very uh, 
keen to being touched, but she wants you to know that she's here. So she comes in and she meows really loud. I'm surprised you haven't heard it. No, I haven't at all. No. Oh, but louder, it's like, as, louder. <laughs> it's like, as soon as I turn around, she's like, Oh, he notices. And then, and then she runs out. So it's like, I just, if I pet her a little bit, maybe it'll be all right. But <laughs> what's the cat's name? Come on. Hazel. Oh, that's great. Is, is yeah. Hazel old? That's like an old lady's name. Is Hazel old? No, she's three <laughs> and she has half a tail. Oh, did you do that? No, uh, <laughs> she's actually my roommate's cat. Um, but well, cat, uh, but you know, she, she came like that. She, I, I asked her if they got a discount when they got her and they said, no, <laughs> they didn't think that they didn't think that was as funny as I did. I think it's great. I think it's worthy of a 5% discount personally. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, but no, no, no harm there, man. Podcasters love cats. They love, they don't love my dog. My dog, when he starts barking, he takes over the microphone. He's uh, tucked away in the other room currently, but we'll probably hear him in another episode. I'm sure. The last thing I got to talk about is just the production of the show itself. Um, have you seen the Mandalorian? No, no. Okay. The look you gave me, do you have like no interest in seeing the Mandalorian? Um, I will at some point take the time to watch it because I grew up on the original trilogy. My Mm -hmm. dad made sure of that. (laughs) And then I watched the next three that they had put out. And then after that, it just seemed that it was like every year a new one came out and then the Mm -hmm. Mandalorian. I was like, there's just too much in that universe now. So I kind of stepped away from it, but I, I am a star Wars fan. I can't say I'm a hardcore fan, but (laughs) I've watched at least the first six movies. Okay. Well, I mean, I only bring up the Mandalorian for a specific reason, but I will say knowing what you just said, all you got to worry about, is season one of Mandalorian. You don't have to worry about season two. If you want to, that's fine. But season one of Mandalorian is required viewing sometime in the future. And Andor is going to be required viewing for you sometime in the future as well. That movie, that movie, that series is, it was supposed to be like, just kind of like the whatever fly under the radar because Obi-Wan was the big thing. Um, Mm -hmm. The Bad Batch and, you know, like, Obi-Wan was supposed to be it. That was supposed to get everybody excited. And it disappointed. And Andor was just kind of there. It's kind of like, hey, we got this side character, this dude. So, you know, we'll make a series with this. And that is what has captured my and probably 10% of the Star Wars universe's hearts. Because, I mean, the show is just better than anything I've ever seen. And as a fan of the original trilogy... This is not original trilogy material. It's more Rogue One material because this is the show is starring a character from Rogue One. Um, but you know, Rogue One falls squarely between the two trilogies, so you'll be right in place here. Um, Mon Martha, Mon Martha shows up in this show. And if I tell you anybody else, it would be a spoiler, but it's well known that our friend Mon Mothra is a, is a regular character of this show. So any fans of her will check it out. The reason I bring up the Mandalorian is because the Mandalorian was filmed not on location, but in this unique film environment, a 360 degree 
film environment called The Volume. And that is also what our show, 1899, has been filmed on as well. So the crew goes to one place and they film on this 360 degree set. And it's not a green screen because what the actors are seeing around them is the set and they're filming the actors on the set. So the actors feel as if they're there on the set and they can do multiple sets on this volume. Um, And a big uh, advantage to this is it reduces a huge amount of um, travel back and forth for the actors, for the crew, for the crew's crap. You know, normally you got to film, you got to fly that stuff around to multiple locations. In this, everybody just goes to the volume. They go to one central spot. And um, again, in that newspaper that I was reading, they talk a lot about how um, this production team that did Dark and did 1899 is really big on reducing their carbon footprint while filming. And they're doing everything they can to do so including like meals, um, travel accommodations, um, repurposing anything they can. Um, they have a term for it. It's green something or another, like go figure. But um, I don't know. They do, they do it. It seems like they do a good job adhering to that. I mean, could be PR, but I believe it. <laughs> I'm a true believer in the volume. Well, I absolutely love that because I just love trying to be as um, involved in the whole reduce, reuse, recycle thing as I can. I mean, I have com- I have a compost bin. I do I do all that kind of stuff. Try to Same. separate the recycling and all those other odds and ends. So that makes me very happy to hear because I know how wasteful sometimes movie movie and television sets can be (laughs) you're telling me oh my god (laughs) please send us your thoughts via email if you'd like you can reach us at sweetchildoftimepod at gmail.com you can visit our instagram at sweetchildoftime or at intro.void just get in touch with me let me know what you think give me your thoughts And I'm hoping to have a special guest on episode two or three to come in with some speculation theory. He's an expert on the show Dark. He's got some deep thoughts for you. Before anybody wants to watch this show, they got to know where they can find your music because I'm a fan. So where can people find you, Nate? You can find me on literally any streaming service that you listen to or YouTube or Bandcamp at voidmaster.bandcamp.com. If you want to see a bunch of stupid pictures that we seem to post way too often, you can find us on Instagram at void.master. And uh, make sure to check out our stories because we love memes and uh, just uh, having a good old time. So we would love you would come to one of our weekly practice streams or just send us a message and say, what's up? I heard you being dumb on the podcast. And I would be like, hey. (laughs) That's me all the time, not just the podcast. Thanks for coming. Yeah. Well, first I'm going to say I have watched those live streams of the band in practice and it kicks ass. Wear your headphones when you do that, because if you listen with your phone speaker, it's not going to sound great. Put some earbuds in. It sounds awesome. 
you have some guys you're playing with. Are y'all have any live dates coming up planned or do you have any kind of aspirations to play live? We do have plenty of aspirations to play live, but <laughs> the uh, the harsh Pennsylvania winter is starting to set in. So oh. a lot of venues are kind of keeping it to just a little bit bigger acts and things like that. So we're we're still looking. We're, we have a couple people that we've been talking to trying to get shows together, but we're uh, we're not ready to announce anything just yet. I think our ship is sailing here, Nail Nail Nate. <laughs> <laughs> close thanks for trying <laughs> so yeah we're gonna see you uh next week we're after we watch 1899 the first episode we're gonna do a recap deep dive we're gonna talk forever so until next week nate may you always find water and shade say it back i don't know if there's a f- oh may you always find water and shade <laughs> thank you bye bye <laughs>